Bretto, can you believe it? The Wellness Summit is almost here. Oh, I'm P. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, Bretto, it's been two long years since our last Wellness Summit. And if you're listening to this, folks, and don't have a ticket, then... What are you doing? The Wellness Couch family of podcasters gather for two days in Melbourne on Saturday, August 25 and 26, featuring... The Queen of Nutrition, Cindy O'Meara. The rock star of wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. Connect with your spirit and soul with Barley Bomb survivor, Karen Smith. Self-care is on the menu with Kim Morrison. Master the art of aging well with the one and only Marcus Pierce. Oh, shucks, Bretto. What about how to recover from rock bottom with Dr. Brett Hill? Master your stress with Dr. Maria Zushman. Get empowered with Imogen Bailey. Female health experts, Dr. Andrea Huddleston and Ashley Bond. Master your sleep with Audra Starkey. The natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. Australian Idol winner, Wes Carr. Woohoo! And Quirky Cooking's Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab, and a whole lot more. Oh, what a lineup, MP. Seriously, why would you not be coming to the Wellness Summit? Not to mention our world class exhibition of Australia's most incredible sustainable wellness products and services. MP, we've done the final layout. There are less than 100 spaces left. And there's only a few discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. Marcus, be there or be square. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit, Saturday, August 25 and 26 at the Collingwood Town Hall. Getting quick, folks. The final release of discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. See you there, Bretto. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett. Hey, Damo. What are you working on at the moment, mate? Well, I'm working on a few things, Damo. I'm writing a book, but what I've just finished working on is my Art of Natural Running e-course, oh. and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I've been going around Australia doing this uh, this live course where I was teaching people how to run naturally, and uh, and what I realized was that I couldn't get around to everybody uh, and that it was hard to get around to everybody all around Australia and even outside of Australia, people who wanted to learn about how to run naturally and how to run it more easily, how to make it more fun and how to get less injuries. And so I decided to put it all together into an e-course, which is about five and a half hours worth of video content. Oh, far out. That's unbelievable. Where do people find it? So they can find it at theartofnaturalrunning.com and they'll be able to hear not just from me, but from experts like Danny Dreyer from Chi Running. We've got Kim Morrison. We've got Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward. And we've even got a guy called The Barefoot Podiatrist, who's my favorite. Good bloke. So theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Brett Hill, and welcome to The Wellness Guys. Uh, this week, I am without the rock star. I'm without my co-host, Damien Christoph. He is off sunning himself in beautiful Icaria on their 100 Not Out Longevity Retreat. Uh, if you haven't found out about the 100 Not Out Longevity Retreat, if you've somehow missed out on all the posts we've been sharing on social media on The Wellness Guys, make sure you check it out. Go to 100 Not Out and listen to people talking from Icaria find out about the experience because they are going back next year um, and I can tell you not from personal experience but from my fiance Stephanie who did go a couple of years ago uh, that it is a wonderful experience and something that people will hold on to for the rest of their lives the lessons they learn there and uh, and it's an amazing thing so check that out at the 100 not out website or check out some of the details going live on the wellness guys because it's pretty amazing but 
whilst I'm here, whilst I'm without Damien, I get the opportunity to do some interviews all by myself, which is a bit exciting. And uh, this week, I'm joined by Eloise Wellings, who is amazing. She is a dual Olympian. She's a dual event dual Olympian. So she's run the five kilometer and the 10 kilometer run at London and in Rio. And uh, it's just amazing. I mean, the... Running five kilometers, running 10 kilometers at that speed uh, is incredibly hard to do. It's incredibly painful. So absolutely hats off to Eloise and the amount of grit and determination that she has to be able to achieve what she achieves in those events. And so we talk about that. We talk about what it takes to prepare yourself for that level of performance, you know, physically, emotionally, chemically in terms of the diet and supplements. We talk about all of that stuff. Um, and I think there's a whole bunch of gems and a whole bunch of lessons that come through from that that really all of us can apply to our lives whatever it is that we want to do whether you just want to be a great parent whether you just want to dial in your diet whether you want to um, you know do well and succeed at work whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve in your life I think there's some real gems that you can get from Eloise that are going to help you get there so I won't rattle on too much let's get into the interview it's an absolute ripper I hope you enjoy it Jump on uh, social media afterwards and let me know what you think of it because, you know, I'm all by myself here without Damien. Tell me, do you like it better without Damo? Write that on social media. I'd love that. If you like it more with Damo there, write that too because Damo loves the warm and fuzzies. But we'd love to hear what you think about the episode afterwards on social media. So thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy the interview. Hi, this is Brett, and here we are with another great interview on The Wellness Guys. Uh, obviously, as I've mentioned, Damien is not here today, so I'm going to do this one all by myself, and I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming to the show um, a dual Olympian. Uh, in fact, a dual event dual Olympian, which I think is amazing. Um, so she's an Olympic runner, uh, ran the 5K and the 10K in London and in Rio, um, and we're here to talk to her all about the preparation, the mindset, everything that goes into performing at that higher level. So welcome to the show, Eloise Wellings. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more about this. You know, we've got the World Cup soccer on at the moment and Wimbledon's on and you kind of, you look at all these elite athletes and just think that's amazing. Like what they do is just incredible, you know, to, to even sort of, uh, you know, qualify for the Olympics is just a phenomenal thing, let alone to do it in two events, let alone to do it twice. Um, so I'd love to hear a bit about your sort of background and your story. So, you know, why did you get into running? Um, well, my mom was a really good runner and uh, we lived really close. I grew up in a town called Grace Point in the Sutherland Shire in Sydney South and we um, we had a house that was really close to the National Park and some running trails right at the end of our street and uh, my mum used to go and run there every morning with a group um, called Billy's Bushies. Um, you know, there was, they were kind of weekend warriors and they, they just loved running and um, they're all sort of 40 plus, um, but I'd, I'd head up there when I was about eight years old with my mum and I'd run the first couple of K and then, um, you know, she I'd start to drop off the pack and she'd tell me to turn around and run home. Um, so, yeah, but I just loved it. I loved it. Um, I started a little athletics when I was six and, um, yeah, I was just into all of the events. and But, yeah, definitely distance running and the longer the better for me um, initially especially was, um, yeah, brought me happiness. And so were you always good at running? Like, was it just a natural thing for you or was it something you had to work at or, you know, how did that come about for you? 
Um, I think I was. I definitely showed some promise when I when I turned about ten, and yeah, I got a, a coach, a, a kids coach. We had a great um, a great little squad, um, and we just really enjoyed it. We we trained twice a week at the track, and yeah, I guess I did show some um, promise. But I think there, there comes a point, uh, I, I guess, in every sport where talent's not quite enough. It, it, you know, you have to. Um, be willing to to do all of the training and to to be disciplined and and do all of the things that oh, not many other people are prepared to do. And I guess that that I, I probably hit that point when I was about seventeen or eighteen, um, and that's when it really got serious. And um, yeah, I started going to Europe each um, each year for the the summer track season, and um, yeah, just just really started to focus on running. But I did do quite a few sports when I was growing up like I played soccer and tennis and um yeah I just had a go at everything really but I really I guess yeah when I was um in my early teens I really started to focus on running and realized that you can only run so long on on natural talent and then um you know you have to have um grit and determination to get through um challenging times and um and and yeah to get where you want to go especially somewhere like the olympics there's not many people that would be um resting on natural talent (laughs) (laughs) well because i guess at the end of the day there's a lot of talented people you know there's a lot of people you know particularly running i guess it's it's something that you know everyone can do to varying degrees you know uh at least at some point in their lives or at least most people anyway Uh, and so um you know it's uh it's something that you know, obviously does, as you said, take more than just that talent. And, you know, I was saying to you earlier, off air, you know, I've been to my CrossFit workout this morning and, you know, there's a guy in our CrossFit uh, box who is a former triathlete uh, and a former professional triathlete. And I watch him work out and just his ability to work hard and to work through pain and it's just his mental resilience to just push through that barrier, which which quite frankly I just don't have, um, is, is always amazing and, and always impressive to me. So, you know, where do you think that mindset of yours came from, that, that resilience and that, that willingness and that grit and that determination to push through? Where do you think that came from? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I actually, I actually don't think it's something that you're born with necessarily. I think it's something that can be developed and you know, there's definitely points in my career where I've been, I've made weak decisions, and points in races where I've, where I've um, had real mental weakness and just had a real lull in my mentality and started to get negative, and and, and then that obviously um, physically starts to display and. Um, and you don't get the res- you usually don't get the res- res- uh, result that you want when that happens. Um, but it's it's definitely not a I've made one you know I've had one um, made one weak decision or had one race where my mentality or my mental game has really let me down. You know, and that's that's kind of my lot for the rest of my career. It's definitely something that's been developed and something that um, you know we have to continually um, work on. And it's not just for professional athletes is for everybody it's for you know those that are going to crossfit and it's it's a decision um i guess to suffer and (laughs) um and making that decision beforehand is so critical to um that point in in um the workout or the race that you get to when it really starts to hurt 
And if you haven't made that prior decision to suffer, um, it's really difficult to, to be able to bear with that pain and almost embrace that pain and, and, and say, well, you know, I, I knew this was coming and I've already decided what I'm going to do when, when this came and here we are at this point and I'm deciding to lean into this and embrace it um, and not allow it to overcome me or, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a real, it's a decision, it's a prior decision, it's, it's, um, it's learning tools as well to deal with that pain and, um, you know, distracted, distraction tools um, to distract you from the pain and, uh, uh, yeah, things like that and things that, you know, I've been working on for, I guess, um, I guess my whole, my whole career um, and still working on and still definitely um, a student of the sport and, you know, the mental side, especially in running and long-distance running is so critical to the result that you get. And, um, yeah, I'm so interested in that side and how it works and um, is intertwined physically. Um, so I love, you know, working on that on, on a daily basis. Um, yeah, and I think that is it's such an important thing and I think it's something that's very uh, translatable for lots of people, you know, for people listening in who yeah. maybe not necessarily wanting to go to the Olympics and run 10 kilometres because that sounds hard and painful, uh, but, 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 you know, yeah. but, but stuff that they can translate into all sorts of other areas in their life. And, and, you know, I imagine for you, you know, we can hear in the background, your young daughter, you've got a five-year-old daughter yeah. who's homesick from school today. And, and, you know, even as a parent, they, you know, parenting can be challenging sometimes, you know. So um, I, I guess those sort of mindsets that you develop from pushing yourself in the gym or on the training track, uh, they can really have wonderful flow-on effects to every other aspect of your life, can't they? Totally. And, you know, that's, I, mean, I guess that's the exciting thing is that, um, you know, we're not just um, a product of one event or one failure or one result is that we, we can continue to work on those things and work on the weaknesses and work on the, um, you know, the, the things that we might not have done well in the past and, and, and bring strength to those areas. And, um, and I guess that that's, Probably I'm at the stage of my career now where, well, definitely at the um, in the second half of my career, I guess I'm 35 now, and um, you know, and as a as a mom, as you said, like, and you you know, you're just trying to do your best in every area of your life, and you know, there's definitely things that I know that um, as a parent I want to do better, and I want to be more patient, and um, things like that, and you know, it's 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 exciting to me that it's we're not just the product of, you know, one um, failed event or one, you know, one result is that we, we can totally work on those things and, and, um, and better ourselves each day. Yeah, and I guess it's always different, isn't it? So, you know, you can't attack parenting in the same way that you attack um, a 10-kilometer run at the Olympics, <laughs> you know, or training for a team. <laughs> you know, they're, they're very different. And so, you know, you have to be able to um, – you know, identify what your why is, I think is really important is what I'm sort of hearing here because, you know, I, I hear you talking about, you know, going into that pain cave to, um, you know, to push through and to, and to get to where you wanted to get to in terms of the Olympics. And, and I kind of hear that and I think, well, yes, that makes sense if I wanted to go to the Olympics or, you know, if I wanted to be, for example, an elite crossfitter, you know, th then there's no way you can get there without the ability to push through that pain cave, you know, uh, mm -hmm. whereas I look at kind of my goals that I get out of CrossFit and, you know, a lot of it is to be able to be fit and functional to do stuff around the yard or with the kids and, and a lot of it is kind of what we said before is about 
um, you know, what I really appreciate from CrossFit is the ability to work on and develop my mental resilience um, and, and see how that yeah. then flows into different areas of your life. And so I guess what I'm saying is, and what I guess you're understanding is that, you know, understanding your why, you know, what is it that you want to get out of this and, and why do you want to get that out of this is really important in terms of then figuring out how you're going to go about tackling, you know, whether it is motherhood, whether it is going to the Olympics, you know, whatever it is that your um, challenges, you know, you might be looking to change your diet, you might be looking to, you know, do all sorts of things in terms of your health and wellness picture. Um, but for you, you know, has that been important for you figuring out your why and, and your goals and those sort of things? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's so important in 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 all aspects. It's it's definitely crucial to staying motivated. Um, you know, when you when you don't want to train or when when things aren't going so well, and you've, you've got to keep um, keep getting back up. And to know your why is so critical to those moments, especially when everything's going well. You don't necessarily think about your why too much. Um, <laughs> when it's hard, you're like, why am yeah, I doing this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, you do start to question it. But if you if your um you know, yeah, if your why is solid and you're standing on that foundation and you know where you want to go and, and why you're doing it, um, then it's so much easier to get through those times. And for me, um, you know, making the Olympic team was a childhood dream and it was really from just reaching the pinnacle of my sport and that's what I wanted to do and because I'm so passionate about running um you know I never lost that passion for running even when I you know got injured I had 11 stress fractures before I I was able to actually stand on the starting line of my first Olympics and but um knowing how much I loved running and and what the goal was to reach the pinnacle of my sport that's what um that's what kept me going yeah, and so you know, obviously that that mental side of it and that mental resilience is is incredibly important, especially I would imagine for something like a ten kilometer run. I think I said to you off air, you know, that that just ten kilometer just seems like a really painful experience because you watch them do it and they, you know, you can't relax, you, you can't pace yourself in a ten kilometer run. You know, they, they just kind of go for it. It's amazing how fast they run, but to keep doing it at that pace for ten kilometers just blows me away. I remember watching the athletes at the start of the uh, City to Surf one year and there was, you know, Stephen Monaghetti and people like that and just watching them take off from the start line, I was, like, I knew they were quick but yeah. it blew me away when I actually saw them take off because I'm not sure yeah. I could have kept up with them for a couple of hundred metres, let alone for, <laughs> you know, 13 or 14 kilometres or whatever they were doing. So, um, you know, obviously if you're wanting to get to that sort of level and that sort of pace, you know, the mental side of things is very important. Um, but you can't think your way to running at that level. You know, there, there obviously needs to be a fair degree of physical preparation. So, so I'd love to know a little bit about your physical preparation to run a 10-kilometer at the Olympics. I mean, how much training are you having to do each week? Um, and what does that look like? Like, how do you uh, split that up? How do you modify that? How do you, um, you know, diversify that? And Or is it just lots and lots and lots of running? Yeah. Well, uh, when I'm in full training, I'm running about 140 kilometers a week, uh, and that that's divided up into three, uh, usually three workouts. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, Tuesday will be oh, our wow. big track session uh, where we'll do, you know, up to 10 kilometers of of hard reps on the track, and then, um, you know, we'll always do a, an easier seven to eight kilometer run in the evening as well each day. Um, just, so just an it's, easy it's, seven it's or eight kilometres. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's twice a day um, most days. So tell me, how, how quickly, how, how long does it take you to do an easy seven to eight kilometres? 
Uh, seven seven kilometers. Um, I would do around thirty in about thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, just easy. Yeah, just just jogging along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I do it enough, so I'd want to be good at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's my job. So. All right. So, uh, so that's your one day. You're yeah, doing ten k's um, of sprints and, and seven or eight k's of yeah, an easy run. And then what what are your other two yeah, days? Sort of. Um, so a tempo run on Thursday, which would be around um, twenty to twenty five kilometers worth of um, moderate running. Um, so closer to my threshold heart rate. Mm-hmm. And and then Saturday we do we do hill. Run. So we find a 800 meter hill um, that's reasonably steep and run up it um, about six times, and uh, and then yes, yeah, Sunday we is our long run. Um, I, I kind of feel like Sunday as a distance runner, our, the long run in a week is probably the most important day um, because you're just getting the long um, the long distance done, and we usually try and pick up that um, that long run towards the end of the the run if if we're feeling good. And then I'll, you know, so do how, three. So how long is that long run? Because I'm doing the sums on this uh, and I've got a fair bit of that 140 kilos left in my head. <laughs> okay. Uh, the long run's normally about 28 to 30 okay. kilometers. Okay. And then, um, well, 20 to 30 kilometers, but I'd, I'd max out at 30. Uh, and then, yeah, Mondays, two runs, two easy runs, so 60, 30. Tuesday, the track session and the easy run in the afternoon. Wednesday, same as Monday. Thursday the tempo Friday actually have off um which has been really great it's not can't it's not really the done thing to do you don't hear of it um much in in distance running um but because I was getting injured so much in my 20s uh I, you know it's I sat down with my coach and we were just you know we talked about you know having a full rest day and that it kind of gave me the flexibility to go if on another day I, I got to the track and was warming up and had a niggly or I was tired and it just gave me the flexibility mentally to not um, to not train that day and to switch things out a bit um, and not be so, I guess, neurotic yeah. <laughs> about doing everything that was on paper. And I think that that can be quite a trap, especially, um, <clears throat> you know, distance running and, I, I mean, any any with any goal there's obviously a lot of ambition and, um, it does take a lot of discipline, but sometimes discipline, being overly disciplined can be um, your biggest enemy. And I feel like I did um, make a lot of mistakes um, with that in my early 20s, and which is why I was getting injured a lot. And um, I guess I was just over ambitious um, about reaching my goal and overreaching. And, um, you know, but once I decided, okay, I'm going to have a full rest day, um, in a week, and that will be just my day that, okay, if it's not Friday and I wake up another day and I don't feel great, I'll switch those out. And mm. it's just given me that flexibility and it's given me that day to, I mean, like I'm a mom as well, so it's given me that day to do some housework and get stuff done um, and do, you know, admin things and for our foundation and, um, yeah, just basically just be like a normal person on that day and then <laughs> well, it, so it makes the sense. Other six days yeah and it's it's been amazing actually it's just physically and and mentally um it's just given me that space that headspace and that room to recover from the six days of hard training and that's yeah. that's what i do and it's worked for me and you know i've made 
two Olympics and four Commonwealth Games off that, so I'm not I'm not going to change anything. No, no, it's, I think it's definitely um, working for you. You know, I, I remember in the early days of one of our other podcasts, Inside the Champion's Mind, and, and one of the co-hosts of that was a guy by the name of Jeff Spencer, who's a, who's a chiropractor but does a lot of work with elite athletes all around the world. And I remember one of the things that he said was that, you know, often what differentiates the really, really elite from the rest is is not necessarily their um, their training, but their recovery. You know, and that having that rest and recovery was just so crucially important. So I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I think it's a great reminder for everybody in all walks of life uh, to to remind themselves that sometimes stepping back and having a little bit of a rest day or having a little bit of recovery time or having a little bit of me time um, can be the best thing you can do to help you perform your best. Um, in the in the entire rest of your week as well. So um, now you mentioned yeah. your training there. Um, that, that that was all kind of running. So is, is there any degree of sort of cross training or weight training or anything else like yeah. that that comes into it with your running program, or is it just lots and lots of running? No, we um we do. So I've got a gym coach, um, Jock Campbell. He writes my gym programs and my strength and conditioning stuff and. Uh, we work on that three times a week. So it's normally we, we, we try and fit gym and, and my bigger lifting sessions in on the same day as I'm doing a hard workout. So normally I'll do it on a Tuesday evening. Um, so I've done a really hard workout on the Tuesday morning and then we go and lift on the Tuesday evening after an easy run. And um, it, it just, it really, really it's, it is to fit in the gym sessions, but they're so crucial, especially especially for me in, in staying healthy and, and strong and, and, and getting more power out of every step. Um, but we do it on the bigger workout days because you're going to be sore anyway. <laughs> um, so you might as well um, be a little bit more functionally sore. Um, and, you know, it is <clears throat> you, you are, you, I am quite tired when I'm doing a gym session on a big workout day, but, um, you know, that's how your legs are going to feel in a, in a long race and, I think getting used to that um, and adapting to that has been really important for me as well. So, yeah, we'll do um, lifting sessions with, you know, squats and lunges and step-ups and um, all of those and, and core exercises on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And is technique work something that comes into it as well? I mean, I've done a lot of sort of research into that, looking into, um, you know, chi running with Danny Dreyer and pose running and some of the work of Kelly Starrett. And, and I have, uh, I've got an online program called The Art of Natural Running, which is all about running technique um, and, and about five and a half hours of videos and stuff like that, which theartofnaturalrunning.com if anyone wants to go check it out. Um, but, but how much time do you guys spend focusing on the actual the art of running, the technique of running, because often I find people don't spend as much time, don't really think about it because they just assume that everyone knows how to run. Um, no, well, I, be, I think every, for me, every run is a technique session. Like there's mm-hmm. no not one run that I don't think at some point for a few, whether it be for a minute or two um, or, you know, 10 minutes um, in total kind of dispersed throughout an hour run that I don't, I'm not thinking about what my body's doing and how I'm, um, you know, how I'm functioning and how I'm aligned. And I, I think being, becoming more self-aware is so important to picking things up. Um, and, and, and what are your best my, tips? What, what are the cues you look for when you're running along to try and make sure that you're on track? I think, um, you know, how relaxed I am and how, you know, mm-hmm. even from start, basically start from head to toe and how relaxed my breathing is and what my shoulders are doing, whether I'm, 
wearing them as earrings or they're nice and relaxed <laughs> and what my arms are doing and, um, you know, how I'm pumping my arms and whether, you know, they're, um, they're, you know, right streamlined next to my body or whether they're out and just trying to correct things from head to toe as I'm running along. And, you know, it's sort of, it's, and, and it's almost a subconscious thing that I do now. Um, and, you know, I might be chatting away to someone and listening to someone talking, but uh, a training partner talk, but I'll still be, you know, fixing myself as I'm, <laughs> as I'm running. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's just something that comes really, I guess, naturally when you do it all the time. But I think it's really important to, um, you know, run, I guess, as relaxed and as, an, as efficiently mm. as you can. And I mean, running efficiently, the more you run, the more efficiently you're going to run. Um, but obviously you can't just go out and run 140 Ks a week because you'll break down. <laughs> so it's been like, obviously 140 Ks a week. I've, you know, um, I haven't been injured in oh, probably six years. So I start, but I started out, you know, 10 kilometers a week from my last injury and then, you know, you slowly build, um, until you're back to racing and then, 140 yeah. is probably where I'd cap it for, um, you know, a 10 kilometer, five, five and 10k training. Yeah, and, and so what about weight? Because I imagine for this sort of an event, uh, that your weight is really important in terms of, um, once again, your efficiency and your time and those sort of things. So, how do you go about managing your weight, um, and, and how do you go about doing that? I guess in a healthy way. You know, I think with sometimes with these sort of careers uh, there can be a propensity for people to sometimes have an unhealthy relationship with their body and with their weight so how mm-hmm. do you manage that yeah I mean um, that's a good question I I try and eat for training most of the year round um, so whatever is going to help me feel good and fuel me for training um, is what I'll eat so I don't eat lots of refined foods like I hardly eat any sugar like when I'm in full training I hardly eat any sugar or junk food or processed food um it's all really clean but it's a lot it's a you know the volume of food that we eat because we're running Mm. so much is is a lot um in terms of getting down to race weight I've kind of learned um over the years that it's really only I mean race weight for me is is um is really lean and um it's really only viable for me to get to that weight maybe once or twice a year. So I'll pretty much just choose um, two races a year that are really mm. important to me. It's obviously going to be major championship. This year it was the come-off games. Um, and, you know, last year it was the world championships. So I'll choose, you know, one or two major um, races a year that I really want to do well in. And then in the you know, two to three weeks beforehand, you know, we can done. And it, it might only be a matter of a kilo or a kilo and a half, but it, it, as you say, it does make a, a big difference in terms of um, being able to uh, run faster. However, you've got to be really careful not to lose power and not to mm. waste muscle when you're doing it. So, you know, we work with um, dietitians and, um, and make sure that, um, you know, we're being really smart in how we do it. And then, and then after the race, you've also, and this is a crucial element, especially for females, is you've got to be disciplined enough to put that weight back on, um, because you feel amazing when when I, I feel amazing when I'm at race weight. Running feels so easy, but <laughs> it's so much easier to get uh, sick and injured um, when you're that lean, and um, yeah, and it's just not sustainable. 
um, year round. And so, yeah, you just, I, I tend to train, um, yeah, two to three kilos heavier than I would race. Um, and yeah, I, I would only, you know, be down at, I guess we call it my, you know, my fighting weight, um, twice a year. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people to understand, I think, because, you know, so often we do look at people maybe in the Olympics or we might look at someone in the CrossFit Games or we might look at someone, you know, in the media and sort of, you know, idolize their figure or their weight or whatever it is. But but it's really important, I think, for people to understand that, that what you are seeing is, like you said, that their, their fighting weight or their, you know, their photo shoot weight, um, not necessarily how they are all the time and, and not necessarily what they look like when they're at their best and at their fittest and most resilient, as you're talking about. So uh, I do think that's a really yeah. important point for people to understand. Um, now, obviously, with the sort of work you're doing, you are putting your body under an immense load. You know, some would say perhaps more than um, is, you know, typical from a perhaps from a sort of evolutionary perspective or, a, um, you know, maybe more than our body's even really designed to be able to deal with. And so I imagine for you coming into that, and I know from talking to you coming into that, that then there's some additional stuff that you need to do for uh, supplementation over and above what you're getting in with your diet. Um, so um, what sort of stuff do you do? What sort of regime do you have around supplementing to make sure you're taking care of your body, doing those incredible workloads? Yeah, I mean, I take... Um a supplement called magnesium um, and it's really just a, a supplement to help relax your muscles. I tend to get cramps if mm. I don't um, take magnesium, especially when after gym or after a really hard track session or, or road race even. Um, so I take that one and then um, ubiquinol, which is the active form of coenzyme Q10 and it's basically just a powerful antioxidant and it supports energy levels on a cellular level, um, reduces inflammation um, that's caused by hard training or exercise, and it, it pretty much just protects the cells from da- the damaging, damaging effects of lactic, lactic acid. Um, yeah, and it supports my immune system. Like, I haven't been sick in – I can't tell you the last time I had a cold or flu, um, So I, and I really put that down to, you know, um, being supplemented by ubiquinol, which is – yeah. The, the antioxidants in it and um, how potent they are and um, yeah. And, and so in terms of the benefits you get from that, you know, do you really notice that in terms of, you know, you talk about it at a cellular level, but I guess, you know, physically and functionally, you know, do you notice that in terms of your athletic performance or in terms of your recovery or in terms of like your general health and well-being on a day-to-day basis or is it really sort of a, a combination of all of those? I think it's probably a combination of all of them. I mean, it it, it reduces inflammation. So, and I know that physically because I've I've been taking it, and I, I feel that within myself. And so, if it reduces inflammation and allows you to recover quicker and 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 train harder on you know for your next training session. Um, and then in terms of like I said, it it protects your cells and your immune system. So, um, your general you know, I'm not getting sick as much and then, you know, it supports your energy levels. So I do feel like my level of well-being is higher than is if I if I wasn't taking it. Nice. Well, that sounds great. And, and I've got the website here that you shared with me, which is ubiquinol.net.au. Now, if you don't know how to spell it, it's U-B-I 
Q-U-I-N-O-L, and I've just read that to make sure I get it exactly right. So it's ubiquinol.net.au, and if you want to find out more about ubiquinol, you can go to the website, and it's got all of the information about it and what it does, and also links to relevant research and stuff there as well. So if you really like to get into um, you know, what the research is saying around that, then that's a really useful resource as well. So check that one out as well. Well, Eloise, it's been a great chat. I think we've actually gone over time today. I got so excited. It's been so much fun chatting to you about your running. I love running, and uh, and I have done you know a little bit of running in my time, and, and a marathon and an ultra marathon in the Adelaide Hills, which I loved, and um, and so I, I'm kind of you know I love listening to you and hearing your story and and hearing what you do to prepare because I find it all absolutely fascinating. And uh, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your journey. Now, um, you know you've been to London, you've been to Rio. Are there any more, uh, you know, Commonwealth Games and Olympic Games in your bag, Eloise? Uh, I think so. I hope so. I'm definitely going to, um, you know, keep going. I'm on a bit of like this. No more big races planned for this year. The major championship was the Commonwealth Games, so we're in a in a sort of a um, a base period. Where um, is the next Olympics? And, you know, I'm spending. Uh, it's in Tokyo, Tokyo. actually. All right. Yeah, which oh, would be like amazing. It might, might be hilly. I oh, know you're on the track, so you're okay. That's all right. Um, well, yeah. um, best of luck. Best of luck for Tokyo. Hopefully, we'll get to see you running around, and I'll definitely make sure I check it out if you are running around in Tokyo. Um, like thanks. I said, thanks for coming on board with us today. Thanks, Brett. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.